Our Old Testament lesson is from Isaiah chapter 55. This will also be the basis for our sermon this morning. Isaiah writes by inspiration of the Spirit, Come all you who are weary and thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. This is one billion. That's a big number. One billion people on this planet today do not have enough food to nourish them. That's one in seven people on this planet. That, that's almost mind-boggling, isn't it? One in seven people, one billion people do not have enough food to nourish them properly today. And it's not just in faraway countries, but it's even right here. It's why we have food banks. It's why there's a big semi-truck parked right across the street with Midwest Food Bank. They're handing out boxes of produce this weekend. It's why we do drives for, for local food banks here once in a while, because the needs are right here. Some of those one billion are right here in our area. We're going hungry today. And that just shouldn't be, right? I mean, th there is enough food on this planet for all seven billion of us. Don't you think it's time to put an end to hunger? Let me give you a number, another number. How about the number five billion? That's bigger than one billion, right? Five billion people on this planet Two out of every three people on this earth who are spiritually hungry, who are spiritually malnourished. Five billion people who do not know and believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior from their sin. Who do not have the peace and the hope and the joy that you have in Christ. Five billion and it's not that there's not enough gospel to go around. <laughs> there is. There's enough for everybody. Don't you think it's time to put an end to spiritual hunger? And that's what Isaiah writes about here in our Old Testament lesson today. A gracious invitation to all people to come. And to get what your hungry hearts and thirsty souls need. A little context here for, we're in Isaiah chapter 55, that's where our Old Testament lesson is. I want to take you back just two chapters to Isaiah 53. That's a very well-known chapter, probably the most well-known chapter of Isaiah. A lot of those words would be very familiar to you. It's where 
it talks about the coming Savior, the promised Messiah, who would come 700 years after Isaiah lived and prophesied, but about that one who would come and be stricken, uh, uh, smitten and afflicted. That one who would come and the punishment that would bring us peace would be upon him. He would be like a uh, lamb led to the slaughter, right? All of those beautiful imagery of, of what would happen on Good Friday is what we hear about in Isaiah chapter 53. In Isaiah chapter 54, we hear about how God will be with his people. That even though... There would be captivity coming, even though there would be punishment because of their sins. God tells his people, I will not forget you. God tells his people that I will be with you. I will keep my promises to you. Isaiah chapter 54, God says, I will keep my covenant to you, my chosen people. And here we have Isaiah chapter 55, where God extends this gracious invitation to come. And to receive what your hungry hearts desire, what your thirsty souls long for. Listen again to the first three verses. Isaiah is prophesied by the, the inspiration of the Spirit. He says, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen, that you may live. Friends, it, it's not hard to find people around us that are spiritually starving, is it? Who are spiritually malnourished. I mean, just take our area. Take the town of Gilbert. From what I've heard, one-third of our community believe in a religion that says you have to earn God's love by what you do, by the life that you live. They are those who are trying to buy, spend money on what is not bread and labor on what does not satisfy. Those who think that somehow you will attain the afterlife by the good things you do here right now. Friends, those that one-third of our population of our town they're spiritually malnourished. They're hungry for truth. They're thirsting for grace. They don't have it. They don't know it. They're trying to spend money and buy what they can't attain. You know, I've also heard that one-third of Gilbert, another third, has no religious affiliation whatsoever. Doesn't belong to any sort of church doesn't claim any church as their home. Friends, they too, even though they don't claim a religion, have a religion, and that's live for the here and now. Live for yourself. Make your God to be your career, your achievements, your pleasure, your entertainment, your family, the things of this life which you know cannot satisfy will always leave you hungry, will leave you thirsty. They're trying to buy what they can't get. They're trying to satisfy those desires of their heart with things that will never, ever satisfy their deepest hungers and desires and thirsts. But friends, it's not just these 
general people out there. It's, it's, it's people you know, too, isn't it? I mean, just think about your life. Think about the people in your life and the people who are spiritually malnourished, the people who are hungry, the people who are thirsty for, for what you have. Maybe it's the elderly neighbor down the street who you know lost their spouse of 40 years and they're just overwhelmed with grief and have no peace in their life. Nothing to live for anymore. Maybe it's that coworker who's struggling with that addiction that just can't get out of it, that is trying but can't get it and they just feel absolutely hopeless. Or maybe it's the relative who has done so many things in their life that they feel, how could God ever forgive me? And they're so overwhelmed with guilt and shame. Or maybe it's the grocer who's begging your groceries and just in passing says, I'm just I'm worried about how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know how I'm going to get through this month. Or maybe it's the family down the street and you see the parents who are just having so much trouble with their kids and they're just throwing up their hands and wondering, I don't know what to do. I'm so frustrated. Friends, you don't have to look very far. Look right into your own life and find those people who are hungry. Who are hungry for these blessings. Who are spiritually malnourished. Who are thirsty for peace or forgiveness or hope or joy. You don't have to look real far, do you? Because maybe, maybe you see that person in the mirror every morning too. That yeah, you read your Bible, and you come to church, and you even receive the sacrament. But, but you still, are still feeling so guilty for the things you've done, the things you've said. That there still is this sin in your life that continues to feel like it has a grip on you and is controlling you. Or the grief of losing a loved one just seems too much to bear sometimes. Maybe there's these things that are going on in your life that you still feel so spiritually malnourished. You feel so thirsty. So hungry for these blessings. If that's the case, friends, then listen again. Listen again to what your God says to you. He says, come. Come, you who are thirsty. Come to the waters. You who have no money, it's okay. Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? Why do you labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me. And eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair. Friends, realize that there's nothing you have to do to earn these blessings. Know that there's nothing that you can do in your life, no matter how much church going, no matter how big your offerings, no matter how many good things you do, you can't buy these blessings. They're a gift. They're given graciously. And God simply says, come, they're yours. You don't need money to buy them. Because they've already been purchased for you. Eat, drink, have your fill. You want peace? You got it. 
You want forgiveness? It's yours. You want hope and joy and purpose for your life right now? You've got that too. Come. Eat and drink. End your spiritual hunger. It's yours. And you know how? You know how this is all yours? Listen to the end of verse 3. God says, I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. You see, this promise is not just for God's Old Testament people, the Israelites. It's for you. It's an everlasting covenant that God has made with you. The faithful love that he showed to his servant David, he now shows to you. And for many of us, you know when that covenant was established? Probably before you can even remember. Maybe just when you were a baby. As your parents or somebody brought you to the font and water was poured on you and those words were spoken that I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God made, that he, triune God made a covenant with you, that you are his, that you belong to him. That he loves you with a faithful love that never fails. That he has an everlasting covenant that you belong to him. You are his child now and forever. In that baptism, God united you with Christ. And everything that Jesus has done belongs to you. His merits are yours. His perfect life is yours. His death on that cross for sin is your death to sin. That resurrection from that tomb is your promise of life and victory. Friends, God has established an everlasting covenant by his faithful love through your Savior and his Son, Jesus Christ. That's how you know that you are welcome. Because he purchased these blessings for you. Because they are yours by his grace and through the work of Christ alone. It's only in Jesus, only in him that our hunger is satisfied. It's only in him that our thirst is quenched for all of these blessings that we long for. They're yours. And so through Jesus, he says, come. Come and eat. Come and drink. Come and delight in the richest affair. Every sin forgiven. Every single one. Yes, even that one you keep holding on to, it's forgiven. Your guilt is removed. Your sin atoned for. That peace that your heart longs for, it's yours. You are okay with God, your Heavenly Father. He's not angry at you anymore. And that peace that's in your heart, you long to show to the world. That, that hope that there's something after this life, after this hard, difficult life, it's yours. That there is waiting for you an eternal life with your God forever. And even as you struggle through this life, as you go through this life of difficulty and sin and suffering and sickness, come and receive joy and purpose. That you get to go and live for him and live with him and live in him. And that he gets to live through you. Friends, hear the gracious invitation. Come and receive in word and sacrament regularly, as often as you need to, these blessings, which are free. 
that you don't have to earn, you don't deserve, they're graciously given through Jesus Christ, your Savior. Isaiah is led by the Spirit to tell us a little bit more about this Savior. He says in verse 4, he says, See, I have made him, this Messiah, this Savior, a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Right? Jesus is that witness. Jesus is our proof. That risen Jesus is the one who assures us that all these blessings are ours through him. And he rules and commands our continues to come through the gospel, through the word, through the sacrament to strengthen us when we are weak, to feed us when we are hungry, to satisfy our thirst when we're dehydrated. This Jesus comes and rules over our lives and commands as he sets up reign in our hearts as he comes and he is our proof that God loves us that we are his now and forever and then he speaks directly to the Messiah right at the end God says to the Messiah the father says to the son surely you will summon nations you know not and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel for he has endowed you with splendor this Messiah, crucified, is now risen and ascended and sitting at the right hand of God the Father and is in all splendor and in all glory and is ruling and reigning all things on our behalf. And while Jesus reigns and rules, and while he continues to feed us through his word and sacrament, the picture here is that nations will come running to know him and to receive what he has to offer, to come to this rich banquet and receive these blessings. And friends, that's where we get to play a part. That's where we get to go and share what we have. That Jesus sends us to proclaim the gospel. That Jesus equips and sends us to simply say, come, come and delight in the richest affair. Come and receive forgiveness. Come and have the peace you're looking for. Come and find that hope that you want and desire. Come and find that purpose and joy in life that transcends the things of this life. Friends, we get to go and be a part of reaching that five billion who are spiritually hungry. And we get to do that as we support missions throughout the world through our church body, as we send missionaries throughout the world who are going on our behalf, we get to do that as right in our own community, as a church, we get to proclaim the love and the peace and forgiveness of Christ. We get to do that as in our own lives we see those who are malnourished, who are hurting, who are broken, who are hungry, and share this word of life with them. And every day, we get to come. We get to, get to put an end to our own hunger. And we get to come and receive these blessings that our Lord Jesus wants us to have. Friends, it's time to put an end to hunger. It's time to go and proclaim Jesus Christ. To continue to grow in Jesus Christ. To continue to hold on to these blessings and feed on these blessings that sustain us to our eternal life. And God will grant it. Amen. Please stand.